Thank you for tuning in to Not Suitable for Anyone. As a reminder, if you'd like to financially support the show, don't. Just help other people find us by leaving a rating on iTunes or just telling a friend. If you do want to put your hard-earned dollars to work to support our mission, here's what you can do. Buy or rent movies. Redbox, iTunes, Vudu, it doesn't matter. Hell, even an old-fashioned Blu-ray. Leave a review on Letterboxd or Amazon and tell them that you heard about it right here on Not Suitable for Anyone. Florida, and when I was eight years old, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I thought palm trees were banana trees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of all I remember from that trip. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think my first time was uh, I was ten, and um, there was a palm tree outside of our hotel room window, and I wanted to open the window and like slide down the palm tree <laughs> to the third <laughs> floor. <laughs> Nice. All right, great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're talking about hosts, which came out towards the end of 2020. Why don't you guys uh, just introduce yourselves real quick? Um, yeah, well, I, I'm Adam Leader. I'm a writer and co-director of Hosts and general moron. That's, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, my name is Richard Oakes, and uh, I'm the director and DOP on Hosts. And um, it seems to be picking up a, a little bit of a little bit of steam now. You guys are on Amazon Prime here in the states, um, so I think some folks are starting to starting to check it out that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, how was the how was the, the you know the how has it been sort of watching your movie uh, get get released and and come out and uh, and you know have people you know, watching it? Scary, <laughs> <laughs> scarier than the film itself. <laughs> yeah, no, it's strange, man. It's 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 a really nice feeling, man. To to um, just just to you know, for knowing knowing how how much we we put ourselves through to to make a, a movie and and put it out there and and just everything that happened in between on this roller coaster of a ride is like it's just amazing to see it come to the end of its I don't know come to the end of that that journey. Even though this is a whole new journey, but to see it go from an idea that that Rich and I had, just jotting it down on paper or Google Docs or whatever, and then all the way to finding the money, and then finding the cast, and then and then editing, and then sound, and then trying to sell the film, and all of a sudden we're here and it's coming out. It was you know it's out in America and coming out in Australia and obviously the UK, and it's just amazing to see that you know. So yeah, it's really cool, really cool. Awesome, yeah. yeah. It's also uh, coming out on the 15th in the US on Shudder, so for anyone who wants it for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome, and that's huge. Um, and, I mean, congratulations to you guys, because that is, is well-deserved uh, to be on a platform like Shudder. Um, you know, it's and, and to get it, you know, sort of into the eyes of, of horror fans, Um that's that's amazing because and it you know it's funny you know Adam how you said that you know sort of the end of the journey uh, you know for you guys it's kind of the end of the journey but then for a lot of other people and a lot of new people it's like the start of the journey right like oh we, yeah it's 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 the end of it's the end of the, the hosts film making journey but it's 
I mean, we've barely scratched the surface in, in our careers, I guess. I mean, hosts is just the door that we now, you know, it's opened the door for us to walk through and we've got to do the next one now and it's it's cool. So this is kind of, yeah, the end of the host's journey is over for us at the start of the, the I don't know what the word is, the big climb in, in, in the career, you know, that the, the aspirations we have has just begun and it's because of hosts that we're able to start that journey, you know? Yeah, that's great. So I mean, I really love the film. It looks fantastic, especially I like the opening, and it kind of gives you this big cinematic feel, which I think is is important because most of the next hour is is almost entirely indoors. Um, yeah, we kind of wanted that because we knew that most of it was set indoors. We wanted to kind of feel like I guess your last moments of breath <laughs> before you kind of plunge in inside and keep you locked in the house with, with everyone. Um, obviously it opens out a little bit towards the end as well, but a lot of it was just trying to write um, a film that we, we knew we could make, if you know what I mean, for the, for the budget we had. And so um, we kept it quite tight and, and uh, claustrophobic to keep on budget, but also helps kind of tell the, the feeling of that we wanted for the film that, yeah, kind of murky, claustrophobic type vibe. Yeah, it, it does have that. It it does it's it's very claustrophobic, uh, and it's creepy. It's incredibly violent, um, incredibly gory. Um, yeah, everything you want in a Christmas movie, I think. <laughs> yeah, everything most Christmas films lack these days, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. It, it, um, have you guys seen? Um, there was a film that came out a couple of a couple of years ago by. Um, by Johnny Kevorkian uh, called uh, Await Further Instructions, which is another one that's kind of a claustrophobic, you know, Christmas family uh, thriller. Yeah, that is a claustrophobic film, totally. I remember watching that and having to take some deep breaths <laughs> from time to time because that was very, you feel it, more than hosts, I think, because obviously there's no, no way out in that film. Um, and that was, yeah, a really good film. Um, and, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it, man. And it was really sad news about him. That was just that was awful. Like it just sucks. Like really sucked. And we were all kind of blown back when we when we saw the news. Yeah. When we heard it. Yeah. You, it's devastating. I mean, we've we've kind of as as we've gotten, especially as I've gotten older, you know, you, you kind of get used to um, you know, hearing uh, you know, famous actors and directors that, that are passing as they're getting older, but uh but uh, but Johnny was still uh, yeah, he was he was a young guy and uh, definitely uh, definitely gone too soon because I think he had a he had a great career ahead of him. Yeah, oh so, yeah, so. sure, sure. So, but it if you're Johnny, actually, Johnny, I think helped us get uh, get the deal that we got. So that was one of our limited experience with Johnny and talking with him. Um, but he worked with Neil, or he worked uh, Neil worked with one of the direct the actors on. On a way for the instructions. So it was through him that we got the contact with Dark Sky to get the distribution deal that we got, which was really nice. But you see, then a few months later, hearing that news was pretty devastating. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, and uh, that's that's really cool that you had that that connection with him. And you know, anyone who's out there, you know, programming a, a Christmas a, a Christmas double feature, um, you know, these are these are good uh, these are good sort of back to back films to. To check out and really put you in that Christmas spirit. Yeah, and Hallmark haven't been in touch at all. Which was 
It's great. So I want to get into some of the details about the about, about the movie and about the story since it is out now and people can see it easily on on, on Prime and and Shutter. Um, you know, for anyone listening, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you know, definitely you know go ahead and check it out because this is this is one that has a lot of a lot of twists and turns, and they're not like you can't we can't even get that deep into the film. Uh, without you know, without you know, sort of spoiling some of them because it it almost out of the gate, um, you know, there's uh, it it takes a lot of a lot of surprising, uh, surprising twists. There's a lot of shocking moments. So you know, that's that's sort of a, a spoiler warning out there. Because um, I want to talk about what I understand. I think Adam was sort of the inspiration for this film, which is a a, a real life experience that that you had with, uh, with seeing uh, you know, with the, like your girlfriend seeing like a flashlight, uh, through the window. And sort of going to check that out, and so I don't know. Maybe talk about that, and and talk about that scene, and how, sort of how it translated to to film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my 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 ex girlfriend, she she just saw, she just started freaking out, and I'm like, what? What's the matter? And she said, she starts pointing at the window and said, "There's, I just saw this blue torch or like orb light by the, in the bottom corner of the window." So I, I was like, okay, like I'll go and check it out. So I went into the kitchen and picked a knife up because I was slightly freaked out myself and went into the garden and walked around, scoped it out, <clears throat> and I didn't find anything. Um, you know, unfortunately, it, it did not take my ex-girlfriend and I had to go back in and speak to her. But, you know, I, I went back in and uh, I called Rich and just said, like, dude, you know, that this just happened. I think it might be a cool idea for a, an opening scene of a film or a scene of a film. And we were both kind of ready anyway to, to write a low budget film and, and, you know, see what we could do or for a film with a budget within our means, at least anyway. So we just spent the whole night writing down the most weird, craziest ideas we could think of for scenes and sort of put them in a, uh, as best, as, as best in order as we could. Um, from like a start to finish film and then yeah that's that's kind of how it was I went away after and wrote the script the first draft of the script um took it back to Rich and then both of us just spent the next few months working on it and building it and adding as much depth as we could to it and and stuff like that so yeah that's that's kind of how it yeah that's kind of how it started man that that experience yeah, and that's a that's a great scene, and because our our introduction to Neil and Samantha, um, they're it's it's an adorable scene. I mean, they they are you know they're kind of a it's like a you know it's a sort of the couple that you want to root for, and and you kind of pull the rug out pretty early uh, on that and say, oh no, you thought these were the these were the main characters, but no, it's uh, uh you know, we're going to uh, we're going to switch it up, and of course they do factor in to the plot um, as well. But uh, but not maybe not in the way that we were expecting based on you know sort of that that first uh, ten minutes. Yeah, definitely it was. Uh, yeah, I think I think definitely it was a, probably a bit of a shock and a bit of a yeah pulling out the carpet from underneath it like as you said type thing um, introducing and investing so much time in in these two really lovable people <laughs> being like that sorry you, it's not you 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 ain't the heroes <laughs> well i think we wanted to do something where the, the bad guys weren't just black and white and the, that kind of you know you can have these horror films where the bad guys are just bad and they 
who's come in and they're just got this lust for blood or whatever. But we were like, well, where does that come from? Where's that? Where's that seed come from, or, or any of that? So it was nice to kind of put put things on their head like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, yeah, and and that and that does um, you know it it's it's one of those things that keeps you on your toes as as a movie watcher. And, you know, when you see something like that, it's almost like uh, it's not it's not quite as drawn out as something like Psycho, where I think you know we follow Janet Lee and Psycho for like almost half the movie. Um, but uh, but you do lay enough foundation there where it does it does feel like a rug pull. And at that moment, you sort of especially when they show up uh, when they show up at the uh, at the at the family's house, uh, then you, you start to realize that uh, that anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and and so um, and so again, super super spoiler warning if you were uh, if you were cautious to to listen to this point because I want to talk about the next scene, which I think is seems like this was sort of your centerpiece. When I got to that scene, I started texting people saying, "Hey, have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? You got to check it out. Just trust me, and 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 give it a watch." Um, because you can feel the the tension building in that in that scene, um, and. Uh, you know the 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 mom character in in general, she is really sort of milking this reveal uh, <laughs> and really torturing her family. Um, yeah. and and watching it through the second time and really like knowing what's coming, I you know it's, I, I started to think like God, I mean like you know I I don't want to say that she deserves it, but I mean she was that's, <laughs> that's a really kind of kind of kind of shitty thing to do, and then you and 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 just to take this this you know sort of this highest moment where everybody's really happy and they've gotten this great news and um and then just to flip on a dime uh with the uh, with Samantha's character uh, Lucy and 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 the hammer uh is just it's just such a great uh, such a great great moment um and uh everything about that scene I just I just love it's it's shot really well the the the, the performances are great the gore is, is perfect um I just really love it a lot. Thank you, man. Thank you. And it's fun to shoot and fun to write as well. We, we kind of wrote that and we were like, yeah, this is a cool idea. This is really pretty nasty. And then uh, kind of just kept adding more to it. So the story came after the idea. And we were like, how do we make this worse? So we kind of added that story in to kind of be like, that's worse. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's that mean-spirited streak that I that I really love, where it's like we're gonna take this, we're gonna take this really happy moment, and, and that's the moment we're gonna strike. <laughs> well, that's what creates drama, right? <laughs> that, that, that's what yeah. that's what gets reactions. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, and and Samantha's perf- performance in that scene, well, and just throughout this movie, um, you know, is is great. Um, and that scene is sort of where I, I first noticed it, where she just has this big smile on her face. While she's wailing on this woman's head with a with a hammer, and blood's just flying everywhere, and she just looks like she's just eating it up and just really in, in, enjoying the, uh, um, the the process at that point. Yeah, that was that was our our goal in terms of in terms of the direction we wanted her to go in. We were telling her like, you're getting off on what you're about to do, right? And then when you're doing it, it gets you even more excited you know and you're just you there's nothing more in the world that, that you love than finally doing what you've been thinking about since you walked into this house 
and me and Rich were behind the monitor just watching this these, these events unfold. And, and I think, at least for me anyway, the best part of that entire experience of that, that night when we were shooting that scene, for me at least, was watching her face before we got to the, the carnage. Because like, no, I don't know, like it was just knowing what was about to happen and seeing the look on her face and what she was doing. I was like looking at Rich and Rich looking at me going, dude, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at the way she's grinning, look at this. Like, and it, it, was, uh, it was exciting, man. And I think for us at least, that's what makes it so, um, one, uh, shocking even for us to watch back and, and two, hilarious for us to watch back as well. Because <laughs> uh, remember we laughed on set, didn't we? Yeah. We were just, we were just yeah, the rest of the cast kind of didn't know why. They were just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're not finding funny. It's because it's, it's so wrong. It's it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it just made us laugh. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I mean, I, I laughed the first time I was, even the first time through, I was, you, you realize, because uh, you, you've already seen, we've already seen the, the foreshadowing where she's taken the hammer from the, from the workshop. And I think there's even a shot of her holding it under the table. We see the look on her face and you realize like, oh, this is, this is where it's about to happen. And, and, you know, just, there's just an, this anticipation for it. And yeah, I just, I just erupted into, into laughter at that point. And, and because it's so wrong that it's funny and it's, it's, yeah. it's, you it's wanted that kind of to laugh about, laugh, but I think, yeah. I think a lot of what we kind of do has a bit of that kind of awkward tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek yeah. uh, comedy to it. But and the anticipation, it's like Christmas, <laughs> you know, yeah. the anticipation of it all. <laughs> Well, that was the decision we had to make because we we, we did debate of whether to have it <clears throat> like um, a quick surprise shock at, at the end of the story or the initial plan, which is what was in the film, which is what we always wanted to kind of do was take kind of the way Tarantino directs a scene and show the threat first and then forget about it for a little bit because the audience always have it in the back of their mind and it will create, you know, a longer... Um, longer scene of tension which is more powerful than a quick shock so that's kind of the approach we took which was the reason why we kind of duck under the table and have a look at the hammer right at the beginning of the scene and then kind of ignore it again for the rest of the time so that was our thinking with it which i think worked out yeah definitely definitely yeah. And and talk about shooting that scene too because this is I mean this is obviously the way this is shot and set up you have the you have you have the whole cast that day so it's a busy day there's a lot of you know bodies to wrangle. You know what was sort of that process like? Well there was um a couple of problems that night actually. It was our first night with the all of the cast. One of the only nights with all of the cast. Um it's our second night of the shoot. So we were quite nervous um and Everything had to run smoothly. It was the longest chunk of script in any night of the shoot as well that we had to kind of get through, as well as these practical elements that we had to get through. So that whole scene was shot in one evening. Um, but we, we finally got on set and we were ready to go and then looked in the camera and uh, Nadia's dress was had loads of moray and kind of strobing all over the place. And we were like, this is the first time we'd seen it on camera. And it was like, ah, oh, crap. So we had to kind of run out at, nine o'clock at night to <laughs> find a replacement dress for the whole shoot because she's in that same dress the whole film and uh, we managed to find one luckily enough and it 
but it did put us two hours behind. So we were kind of chasing the clock for the whole evening. And by the end, I think Lee had to shoot off early. Oh yeah, he had a job <coughs> the next he had day. A job. Yeah. So um, we had to kind of shoot all of Lee's parts for the whole scene first, and then kind of come back, which we didn't really want to do because we wanted to everyone to be in the moment that we had. But it's kind of that. And then the sun was creeping in through the curtains by the morning because we <laughs> shot all night. And so we had to get tinfoil out and tinfoil up all the windows to stop any more light coming in. And, and that happened at like. You know, we started hearing the birds singing at maybe half three in the morning because we shot through the summer because we're absolute idiots. <laughs> so, like, you know, we, we, we shot through the summer. The, yeah, the, the summer months, man. And it was, yeah, like half three, four at best. You know, I can't remember exactly, but that's when you started seeing the sky light up. And me and Rich and, and everyone were like, now nah, let's keep going. We want to make sure these scenes are right. Everyone bless them, they agree. They wanted to keep working with us. And we were running against against the clock um, with the whole thing. You know, we had to get a feature film shot in 10 days. So yeah, we would, like Rich said, we tinfoiled the windows up. We waited for birds to stop singing. Um, you know, shot a few, but no, I'm joking. But like, we, we, <laughs> Actually, all, all this stuff just getting in the way, man, and, and somehow we managed to get through it. Most of the time, we were just stuck in this tin foil uh, dome, <laughs> like sweating our asses off going and crazy, going nuts, man. No sleep, no sleep. Um, but no one argued either. There were no, you know, it was. I guess I don't know. It, yeah, it's just a night. It was. It was weird, but it was amazing. I think it was the best experience. One of the best experiences that definitely me and Rich have had. And, and I think for a lot of the cast and crew as well, it was really special, really special. Um, albeit the, the, uh, the barriers that we had to get over or, or the roadblocks that we had to get over and, and the stress we endured and stuff. But it was, it was brilliant. We were going delirious because we finished the shoot <laughs> at like four in the morning, five sometimes six in the morning and then what, we'd have eight, to <laughs> it's like eight o'clock in maybe the morning. eight o'clock <laughs> but then we yeah I, I, it was just have like it's all a blur because then we'd have to go to bed well we'd have to have um like a debrief of in the office and kind of talk through what we got what we need to catch up with any shots we missed any problems anything like that anything that needs sourcing for the next day that would last a couple of hours. And then we'd try and go to bed, probably get three, three or four hours sleep. And then we were up to prep the, the next room for the next scene and get ready before the car started turning up again. And it was like, it was like that every day, for 10 days. And it was exhausting, but <laughs> we got it. We got there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and, and given, so I'm just curious because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of blood in the scene, um, and it's everywhere. It's all over the actors, their clothes, the walls. Uh, I mean, how many times you know, can you reset, uh, or did you just get basically one one shot uh, once uh, you know once everything starts flying? You can only kill somebody once, you know. So <laughs> like, I remember thinking what we actually kind of. Not a screw up, but it was kind of unfortunate. We actually cast someone um, before that was uh, wanting to do the film, and then 
but he can only do certain days. And then we were trying to work out the schedule to fit him in and this and that. And it ended up that we had to shoot certain scenes first and then other scenes later. So we 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 arranged and booked to shoot that everyone could work out for their schedules. All the bloody scenes first, and then all the clean house stuff last, which was a great idea. And then, just like two days before the shoot, that actor pulled out, so we had to replace him. But the schedule was already kind of on a roll, but we kept to that schedule. <laughs> so there was one evening off, I think. No, we had a day off in the middle of the, the shoot where yeah. we had to reset the whole house from pure bloody after the end scene when everything's everywhere and get it back to ones like so <laughs> you have to repaint the ceiling have to clean all the carpets out wash the walls everything <laughs> brutal but again you know idiots so <laughs> yeah that's fantastic and so um yeah and like i said this is this this feels very much like the centerpiece of the movie like everything is sort of uh, is sort of designed around uh around this scene um and i guess was that was that kind of the idea from the uh from the beginning is um you know as a way to to sort of draw people in and, and like i said get people talking about uh, talking about the movie i think so yeah i mean it, it wasn't initially it wasn't really the intent to oh let's just write something so horrific that that will be our selling point i think we we just wanted to do something that write something that shocked us, you know, and that, that we felt was exciting. You know, we, we wanted to be excited. And and I, I guess you're right in the sense of work the whole film around that, because that for us is, is certainly the 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 pinnacle point that we're all sort of waiting for. And then after that, it's it's you know, it's relentless. It's relentless after that as well, all the way until until the end, without giving any spoilers away. But um yeah, and, and and it's it's it wasn't in, that, I guess that wasn't the intent in terms of having that so we could it could be the selling point, but the fact that people are talking about it so long after us sitting there going, holy shit! Like we actually think people will probably talk about this. It's that shocking because it's so so shocking for us. No, the fact that people are and everyone's talking about that scene is like it's really special. It's 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 really nice, really nice. It feels. We feel really accomplished, I think, on in that respect. Just nice to know that 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 it's paid off, and, and just just for that satisfaction to know that people are talking about something that we put so much passion into, and, and time, and, and effort, and blood, sweat, and tears, and sleepless nights, and you know. Well, I think the there is um, there are other nasty bits in the film that you know uh, some people have even said they find nastier, but. Mm. I think the reason why that one feels so nasty is because of the leader and because it's been quite tame for a while before that point. So it kind of takes you a little bit left to feel, you know what I mean? Whereas the ending, you're kind of fever pitch anyway, so you're kind of expecting that type of thing. So right. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there and there are there, there there's there's the other scene the scene with uh, with with Nadia's character and and her and her brother is um it's sort of it's like it's like psychological torture um and and that's one thing that I that that uh, I uh that I like about this because you know the the bad guys in this movie they're kind of 
Um, you know, it's sort of like a you know like a like a body snatchers or a possession type of movie where um, you know something in their character has changed. Like they're being maybe they're being controlled. Uh, they've been you know they've been they're host to aliens or or something like that. We don't we don't ever really get that explanation. But usually in those types of movies, you get a very emotionless performance from mm. from the characters, right? Because they're not. Maybe maybe they're supposed to be aliens or something, so they don't they don't show human emotion. They they act kind of like robots, uh, but here like they're <laughs> they're really relishing in the violence. Um, and both both Neil and Samantha I think are are doing a fantastic job, and they're really uh, really entertaining. Um, Neil has this great monologue um, that he says to Nadia with the while the soundtrack's playing this very twisted version of Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Um, and, uh, and, and I just, I just love his, his work in, in that scene. And, in, and he's got several moments like that. Um, yeah, he, he's, uh, oh, he's just brilliant. I remember we, we did, he did three takes of that monologue. Um, and each one just, just got better and better and better. Like that, they're, they're all, all of them just brilliant. And same with Samantha, she did. Uh, I, th- I think she did six takes of you know the bedroom scene when she tells the story, uh, mm. to to the little kid to to Buddy, uh, Buddy's character Ben. She did six takes, and she the first take it was great, it was brilliant. We were like, whisper, like just just gradually she got take by take, getting more into a whisper. And by the end of it, we were like, oh my god, like this is just so cool, and and the way. Both of them are just fantastic actors. Like to not even take into consideration how well they can portray just the standard couple, you know, in the beginning, two innocent people, standard jobs, standard lives. They live in a house. They've got the whole, you know, just the, the whole married. If they are married, setup kind of thing. And then to, to to juxtapose that to complete sadistic, bloodthirsty killers with emotion as well is just amazing. Just find it incredibly um uh it's just impressive just both of them they, they just did it so well so well i think they're, I think they're both going places all the cast uh, in general i think they're all they're all fantastic yeah yeah the whole cast is great I, samantha reminded me uh very much of, of someone like a lauren ashley carter oh uh, yeah and uh, and you could see it in, uh, in, in not not even just her, her acting and dialogue, but just uh, she can act with her face. Um, you know, she has these great facial expressions, and she can just do things with her eyes. Um, you know, there's the one scene where she's just she just sticks her tongue out and she's just drooling on on Nadia, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the scene. You know, Neil's on one of another one of his monologues in that in that tell moment. So tell him tell him tell him why we put that in the script, Rich. You'll like this. Uh, We're good friends with <clears throat> most of the cast, especially Nadia and, and Neil. And um, we kind of worked with them for a while. We've actually written another film with Nadia and stuff. And we're kind of like siblings. We're kind of all that close and we just get on really well. And so we always kind of play pranks on Nadia to try and see if we can get a rise out of her because we, we kind of pretend that she's a diva and she, she gets wound up with the color of diva and stuff. But she's not, she's, she's amazing. Um, but we'll we'll always kind of play little pranks, so we, we kind of just wrote that scene in to see if she would refuse to do it. And uh, we were like, "Is everything all right with the script? The latest one you read?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah." And we were like, 
have you, have you, have you definitely read like the attic scene? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. We're like, well, even the dribble. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> And we did a bunch of tapes. She got dribbled on like maybe four or five times, you know, and she was fine. Like, quite annoying, actually. <laughs> she won. She won. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing, and yeah, Nadia is another another great actor. I have uh, I've actually been following her for for a while. Um, I saw her in uh, in Richard Roundtree's features, uh, Dogged and and Nefarious, and I thought that she was just fantastic in uh, in both of those. Um, so yeah, right. just another one that's that's just poised for a big uh, big breakout. Mm. Yeah. As much as you guys want to, I want to talk a little bit about the lore of of the film i think it's pretty intentionally sort of not explained but there are some clues in there i think between uh you know there's the the credit scenes with the tunnels and there's um there's mention on the news on the news broadcast about uh, fracking and things like that so you know it's sort of the idea that that all this this fracking and drilling has sort of unleashed you know something from you know from under the earth um, that almost you know takes on kind of a kind of a biblical allegory uh, at some point. You know, there's some imagery there. Uh, I know I kind of said a lot and didn't really ask a lot of questions in there, but I guess am I am I sort of on the right track? Yeah, I think I think you're pretty much there. I think um, I mean the fracking. I think a lot of people kind of pick up on the fracking, even though it's kind of like one little line in the news in the background of a scene. <laughs> but a lot of people kind of pick up on that. But um, I think that was more just kind of a mechanism of kind of showing how the media might interpret what's going on rather than maybe the accuracy of it. Um, it's, it to, for us, it's not massively important. It's maybe just showing how kind of these, because the entities are basically coming from underground, um, which is kind of their origin, but it, so it could have come from the fracking or whether that's just the news's explanation for kind of seeing strange events after the fracking. Um, so it's, it's not too deep. Some people think they're kind of going off on some environmentalist kind of rampage, and, and that's what it's all about. Is um, this thing, which is, is fine, but it's it's not wasn't our intention at all. But it, it's kind of meant to be telling one form of a kind of uh, es eschatology of um, end times, kind of biblical stuff of demons coming to take over the earth and seeing what that would look like from one family's perspective and just having a take on that and mixing that with the, the I guess, I guess we're into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, mixing that with the estranged family, do you know what I mean? Right. So we kind of wanted to take the idea that the demons have been abandoned from their father, which it would be God, and demons would have been the, his angels that got sent sent out of the garden, and then kind of having that duality with the the father that's done that to his son, and that they've merged into one event that kind of joins with the possession of death. Um, so we wanted to kind of toy with that, yes, not bit. The, the avenue we wanted to do but a lot of it is kind of talking about the guilt and the demons that you hide within um, when you do something like abandon your children, you know what I mean? And 
not be honest with yourself and the ones around you that love you and that you love what's going to do is at some point come out and destroy everything okay yeah and so there's a lot of allegory there about about how god treats his children um for example you have things like the you know like like the story of abraham um and then there's the moment early in the film uh where lucy comes in and she sees a picture of of jesus uh, on the mantle and she looks at it and then she puts it face down yeah so with with that we wanted to i i think many people might interpret it as kind of just a, a typical anti anti-religious um what's the word uh gesture, gesture. but it was more uh uh you know the kind of typical when a, a dad or a, a husband goes to cheat on his wife and he hides the picture of her because mm. he he's kind of full of shame at the same time but i kind of think it was more that kind of vibe that if she doesn't she's kind of doing what she's doing as an anger gesture towards god but she also feels the shame of what she's about to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. okay in a certain way yeah. um and yeah. kind of it's it's more of a strange respect thing rather than um i don't know what the word would be rather than a fuck you basically <laughs> it's okay it, yeah it's a gesture like i i don't i've I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm so pissed off and hell bent on whatever it is I want to do. However, please don't look at me. I can't have you look at me when I do this. So that's kind of, that was kind of the idea on, on um, turning the picture over and putting it on its, on its front. Yeah. As opposed to it being just, you know, on the surface now, fuck you. That's, do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That makes, uh, uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense, and that's and that's fascinating. And and so also, I just want to again just to kind of put a bow on on that you know on that part of the discussion. You know, a lot of this you know you, you have to you have to pick up on those sort of subtle clues, the the nonverbal storytelling, and some of the background, uh, what turns out to be background exposition and symbolism. It's you know rather than it being part of the um, you know part of the overt story and sort of being fed through you know like direct exposition and explanation um and uh you know i like that some people probably don't like that um because they want a more you know straightforward story or they want things explained to them but i think there's an audience out there that that really relishes in, in that uh, that that sort of that journey of, of discovery on their own mm, for sure man yeah, yeah absolutely um it's, it was definitely angry for them wasn't it yeah, I mean, we're, we're not, I wouldn't say shooting ourselves in the, in the foot on this, but we're sort of, we love those types of films. Like, we're big fans of films like uh, Midsummer, um, Hereditary, even in some respects as well, um, Mother, like all these like art housey type films, like we're big fans of, uh, but we're also fans of thrillers as well and and i guess more on this me myself anyway more on the surface horror films and rich the on the surface thrillers and like crime like well out crime films with twists as well you know but we're also big <laughs> like art house fans so it was kind of a battle oh, it's the wrong word but a battle of 
almost trying to amalgamate them into one, you know, and, and, and have both elements in there, um, which we really, really wanted to do. And I think a story is much stronger when there is, um, I guess, less exposition, more symbolism and stuff to look at and, and, and to, to think about when you come away from it and, and watch again, you know, to, to see and pick up on things that maybe you didn't pick up on the first time and, and start connecting the dots. That's, that's more the avenue that we, that we wanted to go down because it's just more interesting than just the standard on the surface level. You know, there's a demon nun that's trying to kill everyone just because. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, it's an achievement just to get a film made. Um, you know, just, just that whatever, whatever it ends up being is, is an accomplishment in, it, in itself. Uh, but then to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to, to, you know, to tell a, uh, a more subtle, you know, story that sort of undercurrents and underlies, um, you know, the, the, the images and the dialogue on the screen uh, and get that across, um, you know, on, on, you know, such a small budget that you're working with, I think is, um, is just an even, you know, it's just an even greater uh, accomplishment. So um, and my hat's off to, to both of you for, uh, for pulling that off. Thank you. Thank you, man. Cheers. So, um, you know, and, and, and this was, I, I, I think you guys have been pretty open about, uh, about sort of the, you know, the, the business side of this, uh, you know, I'm just sort of curious, you know, about to have, if you want to talk about, um, you know, sort of how you, how you finance this, you know, sort of where, um, uh, you know, where the funding came from and, um, and, you know, what your, what your advice is for, for people who have, who have scripts and, and ideas and things that they want to, uh, that they want to see, uh, you know, realized on the screen. Well, yeah, we, um, <clears throat> before we, we started those, and before we wrote it, we were doing a YouTube channel um, on cinematography and equipment and stuff that you can get or how to shoot with a certain style or how to shoot with minimal equipment or budget and, and things like that. Basically like frugal filmmaker channel, but with quite a... <clears throat> um, a comedic twist of not taking ourselves too seriously or um, kind of winding up people a little bit and stuff like that. But uh, we, we kind of got a, a little bit of a following as we were going and um, then we decided to make the film and then we were, we were struggling to figure out how to do a budget. We, we spoke to a few investors and they're interested and then um, Brexit happened and they weren't interested because <laughs> it's a dodgy time for money and stuff. So we were like, I'll tell you what, why don't we reach out to the, the the followers on YouTube and our subscribers and um, they responded really well to it and we, we kind of offered them investment uh, opportunities rather than just donations so that um, specific donations would become investments so they get a percentage of the back end when we sell the film and, and as now we've paid them all back and they're going to start making profit with us so that's a really cool place to be that's really exciting yeah i think that's that's the one thing that we that we were really dead set on was not doing a standard crowdfunding campaign where you know give us 20 pounds and you'll get a poster you know or you'll get your name in the credits like we didn't want to do that we wanted to give people back something in return have them feel like they're actually part of this project the same way an investor would have come on board and said okay here's all the money I would like 
X amount of percentage on the back end, we thought, well, why can't we do do that with our subscribers and offer them something decent in return instead of just some standard, not to not to slate crowdfunding campaigns or anything. They work for a lot of people and stuff, but it just seems for us at least, it just got a bit stale when we wanted to do something different. And at the end of the day, the, the YouTube subscribers are the ones that tune in every Friday to or tuned in every Friday to watch our episode, to engage with us, to come on the lives with us, to comment on our on our videos, to to you know to to boost our profile on there. They were the ones that believed in us. And for them to invest their money in us, some of them, you know, in the in the couple of thousands, you know, a couple of people invested well. One person gave us 4,000, someone else gave us six, someone else two, you know, like there were big mm -hmm. amounts of money. Um, so it was just for them, for them to, to, to invest large amounts of money, especially in, a, in such an uncertain time, I guess, economically or financially for this country was really warming for us because that, that, that trust they had in us and that belief, um, it's like this is the least we can do for them for making our dreams come true, you know, for, for allowing us to go and do what we want to do. Um, this is the least we can do for you. So yeah, that's. I think yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because I've not seen any crowdfunding platform actually pay you back for yeah. um, and and some for supporting the project. You know what I mean? Um, right. I think it was an interesting kind of take on it and the way we wanted to kind of do it because like, like you said i feel like the people that make your the dream that we have the, the people generous people out there that make that happen we feel deserve a share in in, in the the okay. spoils of war <laughs> right Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 um, so different than, you know, crowdfunding is really just, uh, hey, you know, give, and, and not, again, not to disparage it, but it's, you know, you, you give me your money and you get a t shirt or, or, or whatever it might be. And for some people, that may be, you know, that may be, that's enough, you know, for them. Um, but you're really, it's really like a, like a form of like microfinancing where, you know, instead of one investor coming in and buying, you know, 50% of the revenue or something, you have a bunch of little investors that are, you know, that are getting, you know, I don't know, 1%, 5%, whatever, you know, based on their, uh, their contribution. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really neat idea and, you know, not really like dependent on, you know, a crowdfunding platform that's going to come in and take, you know, five or 10% off the top and, um, mm. that sort of thing. So really, uh, really kind of novel, uh, novel approach, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think just going back to what you said before about, <clears throat> giving advice you know i think the best advice that we can give to anyone in in a similar position that wants to get their film off the ground or, or their, their first project off the ground whatever it is like there's always when there's a will there's a way and i think if you hit if you want to make a film first of all be realistic with yourself and don't write something with crazy car chases and explosions and you know writing a scene on mars and stuff like do something realistic and if you can't find an investor, because it's going to be very hard to find an investor to trust in you when you've got nothing to show for it, which is exactly the position we were in. We had nothing to say, well, this is a low risk investment uh, to a private investor. So this is low risk because we've done this in the past and we made our money back. Like we had nothing. So if you fail at getting 
going down the normal, uh, I guess the, the acceptable or most practice route of speaking to a financial guy or girl that, that to get a one-time bulk investment, <clears throat> there are other ways, man. You know, there, there are other ways to do it. And it's exactly what we did. We couldn't go down the normal route. So we approached people that we already had rapport with, that we'd already shown that we're capable of um, what we what we love doing and stuff. Um, which kind of made the whole investment scheme to them lower risk because they they'd seen they'd already there was already that rapport there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's great. And and I understand you guys did uh, did sort of a, a telephone also to yeah. uh, to raise money. That's kind of how it started, and I think we we, we were offering the investment there, but initially it was <coughs> um, kind of a donation thing. Um, just help us out. If, if you like the idea of what we're doing, but we kind of came up with the investment thing uh, in, in conjunction with that. But we held this 12 hour uh, dark fable upon, we called it, um, that was just a complete mess of us getting drunk and acting like idiots for 12 hours. And but <laughs> we managed to raise I don't know, four grand on that. Or? No, no, it was like I think it was two or slightly under two grand we raised on that whilst. <coughs> or whilst getting people emailing in that wanted to actually invest bigger increments of money in return for the, the shares that, that we were doing. But we were, yeah, just, just to try and, and make whatever else we could to put towards the film, we were auctioning stuff off, like props that, that Rich and I had used in some of the short, stupid short films that we'd done on the channel um, or doing crazy tasks, you know, on camera for people or just stuff. Had a big schedule that we stuck to for twelve hours and just got paid to, you know, shave off my eyebrows, shave off his eyebrows and <laughs> or his eyebrow, you know, and uh, yeah, man, and yeah, so we yeah, but whilst that was happening, we were also um, communicating with with the 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 smaller number via email that did actually want to put up larger amounts of money for for the, the points the shared system that, that we were offering. Um, yeah, we did it, man. We we raised the money, and everyone's benefited benefited from it uh, thus far. That's great. great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, that's a great story, and uh, and I like I, I I like the hustle. I, I respect the hustle, and I respect the the creativity. Because uh, I, I I mean I I hadn't I've, I just haven't heard of anyone else doing that. Um, and uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, and now you've got. Um, you've got a, a, a real a, a distribution deal um, and uh, it's going out to uh, to major platforms so uh, you know again congratulations on that that's uh, that's that's fantastic news and um, you know really uh, really exciting that uh, you know you can when, when did you when did this all start when did you guys just sort of first uh, and how long has it been you know coming to uh, to the finished uh, product? 2018 was when we wrote the first draft. Because the end there, wasn't it? The end, yeah, the end of 2018. We 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 wrote the story and I'd gone away and done the first draft and then we spent uh three months refining that little bit. Yeah, three months refining it. Um and it was in March of 2019 that we did the fundraiser. Uh the fundraiser night 
And then within a few weeks after that, <clears throat> we'd gotten the last investment from the last person that allowed us to green light the project. And we then, uh, yeah, we scheduled the shoot for May <clears throat> uh, of 20, 2019. Shot for 10 days. Um, almost, you know, died from sleep deprivation, but shot, shot it in 10 days. And then <clears throat> the only frustrating thing about this film in terms of being quite a long journey from start to finish was that we had to wait <clears throat> until January of last year to shoot the like three external shots that you see in the film because we had to wait for it to be super crisp and cold and no oh, leaves right. and trees outside and stuff. So we tried shooting it the same time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we thought we'll just grade it to look cold, but there was butterflies and honeybees flying around and sweat, flowers everywhere, <laughs> leaves on all the trees. And we were like, this is awful. We're going to have to wait till winter. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was good though, because we, in that time, we actually managed to sort out a really cool deal with the train station and all that type of thing, because that was going to be a lot smaller and kind of fly by ear on, on that kind of thing. But we ended up get, getting the hire of the train and having it for a whole day and stuff like that. Whereas we were going to kind of fake it a little bit more with just a passing train or something like that. It was right. funny, man. Like, <laughs> our producer, he, he, uh, Dylan, he, he got on the phone to the guys at the train station and said, look, look, we, we don't have much money left at all, but we need to you know what what can you give us and, and they they were like they named the price and he was like what like because it was so cheap these <laughs> these guys like they own like this amazing like bunch of steam trains and and coal trains whatever i don't know much about trains but these awesome rustic old school trains at this station that rarely opens apart from like at christmas to do like you know christmas runs with all the kids and stuff and just gave us free reign to the trains and the track and having these guys with us as well. Like it was so cheap just because they loved, they just loved it. Like proper, like hobbyists. Yeah. So yeah, he got a sweet deal with them, uh, which was. I was going to say, cause it, is it look, it looks like they look, it looked like a real full scale train. It was. It is, yeah. Okay. And the station was part, they, they just run it all as hobbyists. It's kind of, yeah. I don't think they get paid a lot to do any of it get out of the house i think that's why they do it yeah just hide from their wives for an afternoon <laughs> <laughs> which is another thematic connection with the film yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um but yeah that was gone sorry no yeah i was just saying how awesome they were and we could film from on the tracks and all of that kind of stuff because obviously they're they're in control of it all and uh, the great thing about the trains is you can drive it from both sides so that you okay. can look out the window whichever direction you're going. So Neil could operate all the actual controls in the train because the guys on the other side were like next to the camera out of shot operating it all. But when you move one lever this side, it mirrors it that side. So Neil just had to have his hand on it and it would pull his hand around to okay. be completely accurate. <laughs> Acting. Driving the train. So <laughs> it, it, it was really cool just watching that all kind of come together. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, we finished it in in January. So by by the end of January, we officially wrapped. And Richard spent all of 
the previous year so all of 2019 the rest of 2019 editing the main bulk of the film and doing all the vision effects and stuff so um yeah it just needed th those last three scenes that we shot which spent maybe a month or so was it like putting those together to the final edit and yeah yeah a little bit of refinement and um split the sound and stuff things like that yeah. um but we we, we were lucky because we obviously wrapped the final scenes about a month before okay. the first uh, lockdown we right. had and... i was gonna say yeah it sounds like you got it done just in time yeah we were super lucky man and, and yeah really really grateful for that actually <laughs> i guess that was good timing uh for, for once with us it was a good timing we were really lucky um to the point of lockdown happened and we had a finished film and richard finished the edit um, near enough like a few tweaks here and there and stuff but it was ready for us to take to the next stage which was sell it you know and, and all right. we had on our hands during that lockdown was time and it's exactly what we did we spoke to every single distributor on the face <laughs> of the planet and yeah here we are today yeah well that's fantastic um yeah that's great and it comes to re remind me again when it hits shutter on the 15th you said uh -huh. 15th, anyway. 15th, yeah. It's so. the 16th in the U.S. in Australia. Okay. Um, wow, that's great. Um, that's exciting. And you guys, it sounds like you're already already uh, hard at work on the next uh, on the next project. Yeah, hang, hanging away, hanging our heads together a little bit, but yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely worth it. It's really something special. Staying um, uh, in the horror genre. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's it's nothing really like. It's it's hard to explain, but yes, it, it is. It is a horror film. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe not something that that many would expect. Uh, I guess I, I will say that, but it it really is something special, man. And it's at the same time, it's certainly ambitious, but uh, we're quite confident. Um, and we've just been spending the last month or so just spending three, four days a week together, just going through it, finishing it in terms of just bullet pointing the story, taking bits out, going through it again, just completely refining this thing. And we're still doing it gradually, bit by bit. We are getting there and it's really it's turning into a, a beast, really. It's just turning into this beast that's going to be really cool to watch actually I just, yeah can't wait so yeah man like yeah hard at work on the next one great. so uh, yeah great well, that's exciting i uh, so I, I i will let you guys get back to work i appreciate uh, appreciate the time guys very much and it's been great great talking to you and, and chatting about hosts uh everyone everyone i hope you've already seen it if you, if you listen this far but if not go back and check it out because i think it's still one of those where even even when you know what's coming there's still a lot to a lot about it to enjoy and um and it's, and it's just a fantastic film so check it out uh, you know check it out on on shutter or you know wherever else um you get uh, you get vod um, uh, adam richard uh, thanks uh, thanks so much i appreciate thanks. it thanks for having us man we really appreciate that yeah absolutely it's been awesome you guys take care you too Bye. Bye.